0: If you don't already have the app on your smartphone or tablet, download it now from vision.org.au slash app. slash app. Vision. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision.
1: And I must say a special welcome Face to face in the studio today, the Victorian State Director of the Australian Christian Lobby, Dan Flynn, is with us. Hi, Dan. Great to see you. Thanks very much, Neil. Lovely to be here. Dan. You know, so much has happened in the last seven days, uh, from the beginnings of all the unrest that was happening federally uh, through to the removal of Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull. Now we have a new Prime Minister, Scott Morrison. You've been following all of that along. Uh, it appears that Aussies don't like the idea of all of this unrest. What were your overall impressions?
0: Uh, look, a momentous uh, change, uh historic change in Australia. Um, I think we nearly tore ourselves apart uh, as a country last week, um, but fortunately we landed fairly well. Interesting to hear on the news bulletin then uh, that our new Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, uh, referenced William Wilberforce in his maiden speech, because the day that Scott Morrison uh, took power, the 24th of August, uh is the exact birthday of William Wilberforce who was born in 1755 so um you know we i think the country has great hope for Scott Morrison and uh you know whether you vote liberal or labor it doesn't matter he is the leader of our country uh he is a christian and um i think everyone will give him a fair go um certainly his first press conference uh, he spoke very much about uh the importance of you know getting your, getting your family off to school um turning up on site um, on time, uh, exchanging a smile every day. And if you're, uh, lucky, getting some time together with your loved ones in the evening. You very much spoke to the heart, uh, of the Australian people. And, um, you know, I think we should give, um, uh, our Prime Minister all the support we can, uh, in a bipartisan sense. And, uh, let's see, um, uh, if he can do some real healing um, to the
1: coalition and, more importantly, to the country. reinforces doesn't it, Dan, that politics is a brutal business uh, because there was brutality when Malcolm Turnbull came to power, uh, taking out the former Prime Minister... Tony Abbott. And uh, there's a certain brutality that you could say, well, you know, uh, he was an elected Prime Minister, should have been able to serve his full term. But that's not the way Australian politics works. That's not the rules of the Liberal Party. And I guess those in the Liberal Party felt they couldn't win an election under Malcolm Turnbull. So time for change. It's just something I suppose we just have to get used to. Uh, Look, I think
0: you're right. Uh, Ultimately, it is a matter of popularity. And it is a brutal business. it's very interesting that Bill Shorten put out a media release on Friday night, the 24th of August, um, and he, talk about Malcolm Turnbull, his opening line was, politics can be a brutal business. And it was a touching um, media release he made, and uh, he just reading parts of it, he said, for all our verbal conflict, all the fierce words we've exchanged, I hope Malcolm knows that I've always respected him as a formidable opponent, an advocate of great intellect and eloquence, and as someone who came to Parliament relatively late in life because he was driven by the desire to serve. Um, and, uh, he said that we, in listening to him speak, he showed profound love for his wife Lucy, their children and grandchildren, but also his abiding love for our country. Uh, so it's fantastic to hear, uh, such healing words from Bill Shorten, uh, in, um, um, honouring Malcolm Turnbull, uh,
1: and the, and the contribution that he made. Conversation I was having, uh, talking about just how nice Bill Shorten was to Malcolm Turnbull, and uh, the idea of that sounds a little bit too nice. It's not the way an opposition leader is supposed to talk about a uh, uh, you know the governing uh, prime minister. And yet, I like your sentiment uh, where you say uh, that when there is the end of one career for an opposition leader to actually make those acknowledgements and identify those personal qualities as well as what we all want to appreciate from every politician on every side, their love for the nation. Uh, They're all trying to do the right thing. We might have differences of opinion, but uh, there's something special in the fact that the opposition leader did say such glowingly nice things about the prime minister.
0: Yes, absolutely
1: true. Uh, and Bill Shorten said much the same about Tony Abbott uh,
0: when uh, he lost his job in 2015. Uh, so we live in a great country, uh, and um, uh, for all our differences, uh, there's uh, a lot of commonality. And uh, certainly, great to see that civil discourse being modelled uh,
1: at at the top of the tree, so to speak. Dan, there's a new uh, new look cabinet uh the front bench has changed a little of course there have been changes and of course there are all the critics that say you know this shouldn't have had to happen uh, what are your thoughts on Changes that have happened in the cabinet. I mean, there's a few new faces in there. We might not be able to go through them all. Uh, We've got a retiring uh, foreign minister. Uh, Well, insofar as uh, Julie Bishop, uh, she's moved out of her foreign affairs role and uh, she's going to sit on the back bench uh, with the idea that even people are talking about the potential for her as an ex-governor general. But so there's big, there's changes there. Uh, What are your thoughts about whether they will be good changes or not? Look, I think that um, the Prime
0: Minister's been very sensitive to the feedback he's got, um, you know, in the last couple of weeks um, and um, uh, been very sensitive to uh, carve and slice and divide different roles, probably to represent different uh, status for different ministers that he's providing roles to. So there's, you know, support for allies, uh, there's support for critics, um, and uh, there's probably very little in the way of punishment. Um, it's great that we have a Victorian Treasurer. Uh, Josh Frydenberg uh, is known to me, Uh, he's certainly known to his Christian faith community in his electorate um, and we've been to see him um, on a number of issues um, so he'll be excellent as well. Um, It's great to see uh, Greg Hunt retaining health. Uh, another victorian mp that connects very well with his church leaders so i think as long as these ministers stay in touch uh, with their local constituency um, i think there's there's great hope and i think um, there's wisdom in
1: what the prime minister's done i have to ask you dan flynn uh, the state director of the australian christian lobby uh, all of a sudden uh, out of the blue the new prime minister is an evangelical christian and uh, someone who is renowned for you know wearing his faith quite proudly uh, what are your thoughts as a you know as the the new prime minister actually has this banner and quite proudly christian it's just a part of i think uh, an authentic
0: um, way in which he does life uh, he's um, not hidden from his faith he spoke at the 2016 australian uh, Christian Lobby National Conference in Sydney, uh, spoke about the power of prayer, uh, having seen, uh, prayer work in his own life, uh, was very supportive of the church community on that occasion. Um, he's, uh, you know, engaged in church life, uh, which is very authentic. Um, I think it's, uh, quite strong in the Sydney culture and, uh, the type of church he goes to, uh, probably reflects the, um, the faith community that's around him. Um, so, um, it's all part of, I think, a transparency and an
1: authenticity, and, um, yeah, we certainly encourage him in that. And, of course, there are those who are on the further left who will hate the idea uh, that someone who holds a religious faith deeply has assumed the top role uh, I suspect this would be a time for Australian Christians to be praying for the Prime Minister perhaps in a way that they might not have thought they needed to in in earlier times because the attacks that will come against him no doubt because of some convictions that he holds uh, will no doubt be quite strong what are your thoughts on on Christians and prayer for a Prime Minister who may well be under significant attack in the near future
0: yes I, look, I think um Uh, Scott Morrison's a uniting type of personality. Um, You know, had we um, uh, gone further to the right with a candidate, um, uh, there might have been a lot of trouble. Um, And I think that um, uh, those who use violence as a method on the left uh, would um, uh, be very angry if someone way further to the right than Scott Morrison was appointed. So Scott, um, I think, is not overly likely to, to attract a lot of criticism because of his personality Um, he's got a ready smile and I think um, um, I don't think he will be pilloried for his faith Um,
1: I think that um, people will judge him on his merits well he certainly has a tough job ahead doesn't he Uh, let's just move to a little bit more centralizing our focus on Victoria because Victorians have got another huge year uh, ahead insofar as there's a state election coming up in November and the government in Victoria here is uh, embroiled in uh, all sorts of controversy over uh, accusations of misuse of funds, uh, these sorts of things. And I think there's even a counterclaim that even the opposition has been doing the same thing. So uh, there's, there's quite significant controversy ahead in the lead-up to the November election. There is. No matter what
0: happens in Canberra, there will be an election here on the 24th of November. Um, I suppose the things that, uh, polls tell us people are concerned about are crime, housing, cost of living, um, and, uh, I think a recent Ipsos poll said 48% of Victorians are concerned about crime. Uh, so these issues will play out in the marginal seats, um, and the coalition would need to win eight seats in order to gain office. Um, the Australian Christian Lobby has a campaign, uh, to raise visibility of, um, something that's a bit unseen and that is the safe schools program and gender fluidity being taught in schools uh, being imposed on our school kids. Uh, That is out of sight and uh, perhaps going back to Wilberforce, um, you know in his time slavery was out of sight um, and it was his job to elevate that uh, issue and it's our job to elevate this issue in the state election. Um, We're not campaigning against Daniel Andrews, we're campaigning against safe schools And should Daniel Andrews in the week before the election say, look, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard the voices, um, I've heard the pressure, I'm going to drop safe schools. Well, then that'll be mission accomplished. Uh, so that'll be the campaign, uh, from the Australian Christian Lobby, um, and people should, uh, expect to be, uh, visited, door knocked, uh, and leafleted on this issue, uh, to help them make an informed decision
1: about that. (laughs) Well, Dan, a lot of people will be saying, where does the Victorian state opposition stand in regard to such a... Issue as that safe schools program, which promotes uh, the transgender uh, LGBTQ agenda. Yes. Uh, where do they stand? Because uh, when you're campaigning on an issue, as you will be, as the Australian Christian lobby, uh, is the opposition taking a stance which is against safe schools? Uh, safe schools, or, uh, or or are they almost on the same page as the Andrews government?
0: Uh, no, they they couldn't be further apart. Um, Matthew Guy and his Shadow Education Minister, Tim Smith, have vowed to abolish safe schools uh, and uh, for their anti-bullying program uh, not to have any uh, gender bending, gender fluidity uh, in that program. Uh, so um, they've been very clear and very upfront. Uh, that introducing inappropriate sexual material to kids in schools, gender fluidity, uh, is just simply not on. And they've been very clear about it on the public record.
1: So from the Victorian standpoint, and we're just a few months, we're here at the end of August already just a few months until this Victorian state election is the campaigning uh, are there, uh, you know is there a lot of uh, electioneering that's going on uh, at full steam right now or are they saving that to uh, the month before look i think that there
0: are candidates who are out already door knocking that's already happening um i think that the big uh, movement at the moment uh, is, is you know developing volunteers uh, building that uh, base uh, and um, I don't think we'll probably expect to see much uh, serious leafleting and door-knocking happening in an intense way until probably about six weeks
1: before. You know, I often talk about elections and the role that ordinary people might play because, you know, there are passionate people who join a, a political party and they're handing out uh, how-to-vote cards on on voting day, those sorts of things. And the encouragement that I occasionally hear of supporting the party that stands for uh, those sorts of policies that are in line with our Christian faith. I wonder whether you've got any thoughts about, you know, volunteering uh, in for Victorians, volunteering with an election day coming uh, for those candidates, even though they might not necessarily be perfectly aligned, but those Mm. candidates that stand for good values to actually be a part of their team and try and get them elected. Yep.
0: Very good, Neil. And those candidates exist both in the Liberal and the Labor Party, um, and people should vote um, for a candidate who accords with their values. Uh, that's certainly the case, and it flows from that, um, that people are free to, um, and encouraged, uh, to volunteer for candidates um, on either side of the political fence who
1: support their values. And so far as prayer for Victoria, I mean, on a day like this, here I am just having this wonderful opportunity to be in Victoria, in our Melbourne studio, and uh, talking about the Victorian state election, but certainly aware that those listeners in Western Australia would love to have an insight into what's going on in Victoria, and those in the Northern Territory and uh, north in Queensland, New South Wales and in, and in Tassie thinking, well, Victoria is going to be the centre of attention when we talk state elections coming soon. How should the rest of Australia be praying for your state? Dan, what would you like to encourage... Uh, Aussies to uh, to engage in so far as prayer for the outcome of this coming election well look we'd love their prayer Um, and
0: uh, if people could pray for Victoria that we have godly leadership uh, that we have leadership that uh, does not promote safe schools uh, gender fluidity uh, in kids and other uh, misconceptions and harmful things to children that will be great Um, and yeah there is nothing else on the horizon uh, between now and Christmas, in a sense. Uh, so we would uh, greatly value uh, prayers from all across the country. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported.